Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, City Lights Church. I'm glad to be with you today. I hope your quarantine is going well in your homes. Uh, some people certainly are uh, struggling during the season, people who are extroverts like me. Uh, I like to get out and be around people, but uh, introverts, I think, are uh, thriving and really enjoying the season. Actually, I will say there's probably aspects to this season that I am enjoying. Um, in some regards, I'm just as busy as ever, but in others, it is more of a break for us. I just want to mention, uh, if you're watching this uh, live on the YouTube channel, uh, there's a that chat section on the side there. You can submit um, prayer requests and testimonies in the live chat there, and we will have people here uh, during the service to pray with you, and so go ahead and do that. If you have a confidential prayer request and you don't want to put it on you know, the live YouTube chat, you can go to citylights.church, our website, and click on the prayer requests and testimonies uh, box there, and uh, we will have people praying for you. All right. Well, I wanted to show you uh, real quick what's happening in our neck of the woods and how we're kind of handling the quarantine. And so go ahead and roll that video real quickly. I think my daughter's reaction in that video is uh, definitely the funniest part about that. So that's what we're doing to handle boredom in our home. And we'll see what happens uh, here in the month of May. It looks like things are probably going to be the same for all the month of May, unfortunately. So hope you guys are doing well at home. All right. Last week, we began a three-part series called Forgiven and Free. Actually, it was, it was going to be one message, and it just kept getting longer and longer. And each of my points became a message. And so this week will be part two of that series. If you haven't heard part one, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to part one because everything I'm going to say today is built upon uh, what was said last week. Um, if, you're, if you're watching live, uh, stay tuned in, of course, so that we're all experiencing this together. But if you're listening on the uh, YouTube channel after the, the Sunday morning service or you're listening on the podcast after the fact and you haven't heard part one, uh, just hit pause right now, go back, listen to part one. Uh, the title of that message was God's Perspective. And so go back and listen to that. And um, what we're going to say today will build upon part one. I'm going to do a quick review, and then we'll get into some new content. More than anything, God wants to have an unbroken love relationship with you. We've been talking about the fact that if we don't deal with our past, it will end up haunting our present. One of the illustrations that I gave last week was uh, the fact that this current pandemic, the name of this pandemic is COVID-19. Why? Because it originated in 2019, Wuhan, China, they think November. But yet here we are in 
April, almost May of 2020, and we're being affected by something from the past. And here's my point. If we don't deal with our yesterday, our today and our tomorrow will be compromised. Okay? God knew this. And God, he knew that your past would be a problem, so he had to deal with it. Otherwise, that unbroken fellowship that he wants to have with you would be compromised. In order for you to have that uh, unbroken fellowship with God and, and to live the resurrected life that he's called you to live, there are three perspectives of your past that need to be changed. The first one is God's, and we talked about that last week. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are completely and totally forgiven of your sins. No strings attached. No strings whatsoever attached. Uh, I like to say it this way. We start from the finish line. When we come into the kingdom, it is done. It is complete. That's what Jesus said. We start from the finish line. If we had sin hanging over us, there was no way that we could enjoy a love relationship with God today. Okay, so God had to deal with our past. Now, let me read a couple of scriptures um, in review here. Psalm 103, verses 11 through 13. It says this, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. All right. As far as the east is, far, is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 1.18, it says this, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. All right. I love that contrast there. I love the contrast between blood and snow. That's just such a sharp contrast. He's, he's saying, what looks like guilt, 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 I will make pure, pure, pure. All right. What do we know? We know that if God's perspective didn't change about our past, we know that we could not have a relationship with him today. And all of the perspectives that I'm going to talk about hinge on God's perspective. Because how many know, if his perspective hasn't changed about a situation, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. All right? But there is a second perspective that needs to be changed about your past. That's the one I'm going to talk about today. And that perspective is your perspective. What is your view? What is your perspective on your past mistakes and sins? The title of our message today is called Your Perspective. Listen, if your perspective doesn't change along with God's, even though your sins are completely and totally forgiven, you cannot enjoy unbroken fellowship with him that he desires for you. And you cannot live the resurrected life that he is destined for you to live. The resurrected life that he is destined for you to live will always just be over the horizon if you cannot accept what Jesus has done for you. Let me give you um, an illustration of this. It's kind of an extreme illustration, but it makes a point. Um, I have had the unfortunate privilege of walking alongside a few couples who have experienced marital unfaithfulness. Um, definitely one of the hardest things that a couple can walk through 
is uh, going through that. And fortunately, there can be light at the other end of the tunnel, the other end of the trial. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen them end very well, where a couple actually is closer than ever before after that. And I've seen it, of course, end in, uh, sadly, and in divorce. Um, but undoubtedly, for the person who was cheated on, the forgiveness aspect can be understandably very difficult. The forgiveness and the reestablishment of trust can be very difficult. But let's say, hypothetically, for my illustration, that the person um, that was cheated on completely and totally forgave the other person. You might be surprised to know that if the offender doesn't receive that forgiveness and doesn't forgive themselves, that true intimacy will still be very much hindered. It won't be possible. Why? Because there is still something between that couple. Even though the offended person totally forgave the offender, there's still something between that couple because the offender has not accepted the forgiveness themselves. Let me tell you something. This is exactly what many Christians experience on a daily basis with God and the relationship with God. God has completely and totally forgiven them. He's completely and totally forgiven you. But they still walk around with a guilty conscience. Have you ever been there? I have been there myself. And the intimacy with the Lord, if you're walking around with a guilty conscience from your past, the intimacy with the Lord is either non-existent or hit and miss at best. Okay? And so, listen, it wasn't enough for God to just forgive you and then have you walk around in this world with a guilty conscience for the rest of your lives. Many Christians live there, but that's not what God wants for us. He also, listen, he also wanted, actually wanted you to feel pure. He wanted you to feel clean. Not just that in some way it's removed, but I still feel guilty, okay? He wants why? He wants nothing between you. He wants nothing between you and him. He wants you to fully know him and to be fully known by him and have nothing between you, okay? God wants you to be free from a guilty conscience. All right, let me give you, uh, I'll give you a few scriptures here. 1 John chapter 3, 19 through 21, it says this. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Let me just pause there real quick. He wants our hearts at rest in his presence, okay? If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Okay, here is a truth to remember. Your heart can condemn you even though God is not condemning you. Your heart can condemn you even though your heart is not condemning you. Okay, God wants us to be at rest in his presence. He wants us to have confidence before him. Okay, and there's so many benefits to having confidence before God and coming before him in that way, including fellowship. But it's not God who's condemning our hearts. And I actually don't even have time to fully go into that. And I probably will build that up someday, that it's not God who's the condemner. Um, but this is a massive problem in the church. Many people walk around with a guilty sin conscience everywhere they go. Um, give you an example of, of this. Over the years, I've, I've had um, several people come to me 
uh, either in a service I'm running or, or in our church. And they, would, they said something like, you know, I like your church. Um, the service was great, but I just felt judged, so I stopped coming. Uh, people were judging me. Pastor, I felt judged by you. And I'm usually shocked when I hear something like that because I've heard some doozies over the years of what people have gone through in their life. Everyone has a different past. Some of them are wild. <laughs> and uh, I've heard some doozies over the years. And to be honest, I usually don't remember what people have gone through. I don't remember the sins or whatever they maybe confessed to me. I usually just kind of forget those things. Um, I kind of err on the side of just believing the best about people, maybe to demise. Okay, so I really, I, I really don't feel like I struggle too much with judging people. But when I, when I hear people say, Pastor, I felt judged by you, or I felt judged by the people, or whatever, uh, I, sometimes I want to say, you know what? No one here is judging you. The people aren't judging you. I'm not judging you. God's not judging you. I think your heart is judging you. I actually think there's something in your heart that's condemning you. Why? Because it's possible to be in Christ, to know him, to have your sins forgiven, and still have your heart condemning you, okay? It's your heart many times that's condemning you. And what happens is, unfortunately, people alienate themselves from the community and the church that they should be a part of, the relationships they should have, because their heart's saying these people are judging you. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, I'll give you an example of why this is true, why we know this. Um, have you ever been part of a group photo? All right, you take a big photo, there's 20 people in the photo. Who's the first person you always look at in the photo? You always look at yourself, right? And you're like, oh, the light, and my chin was the double chin. And you're really just conscious of yourself, and you, you're judging yourself, right? You don't look at all the other people and wonder, like, how they could have been a little bit better and their hair had been a little bit better, right? Uh, we took staff pictures for our website. We wanted a kind of a cohesive look on our website with staff pictures, so we all went to the same place, took pictures, and everyone's like, I don't want to use that picture, I don't want to use that picture, this one gives me this, or my nose, my double chin, or whatever, and I'm just like, guys, people don't care about your chin. It's like, they're not going to not come to church because, you know, this person, whatever. They're just looking to see that you're normal, okay? Okay, people are more self-conscious than... Uh, you think they are. You are more conscious than you probably think you are. But this happens all the time in our relationship with the Lord. Okay, What do we do about it? How do we have confidence before God? And how do we set our hearts at rest in his presence? Okay. Now, before I answer that, I want to say what will not give you confidence, or at least what will only give you temporary confidence. Okay, Here's an example. Having the perfect quiet time. Oh, I just had a great quiet time today. Now listen, quiet times are amazing, highly beneficial. You know, God speaks to us, gives us peace. But if your consistency before God is because you had a quiet time, well then that's, it's based on you, right? Or I read my Bible today, or I read my Bible six days this week, or every day this week, so I feel good about coming before God and having confidence before him and being at rest before him. Or I witnessed to someone today, so I feel good about my relationship with the Lord. Or I tithe today, you know. I've been doing good lately, so therefore God and I have been doing good lately, and I have confidence before him. Listen, those are all temporary things that are based upon you, okay? And there's certainly benefits to everything I mentioned here, but none of them will give you permanent confidence and rest when you come before your Father. So what will? What will give you that confidence and rest? Let me say this. The only thing that will give you permanent confidence 
and rest before God your Father is the same thing that allowed him to forgive you completely and totally and 100%. And that is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is what's cleansed our sins, cleansed our sins. Listen, it, if it's good enough for God, the blood of Jesus, it should be good enough for us. If it's good enough for him, it should be good enough for us. And so I want to illustrate this, okay? Um, I'm going to read a couple scriptures out of uh, Hebrews. Hebrews is an amazing book, one of my favorites in the whole Bible. Hebrews references a lot in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, there were atoning sacrifices given for the people. Those sacrifices temporarily covered sins, but it's only through the blood of Jesus that our sins are washed away completely. Okay, specifically though, I want to talk about how it, how it pertains to our conscience. Okay, uh, those sacrifices of the Old Testament, it was like sweeping it under the rug. Okay, swept under the rug, but it didn't remove them forever. It kind of took care of them temporarily, but didn't, could, didn't and couldn't remove them forever. Okay, so let's read these scriptures as it pertains to our conscience. Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 4, says this. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once, and once for all, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Okay, notice the feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Okay, let's jump over to Hebrews 9, 13 through 14. It says this, Under the old system... The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial uh, impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Okay, one more scripture I want to read. One more section, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into God's presence with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. All right. See, all of those verses there deal with the issue of the conscience. It's not just God's perspective that is important in a relationship with him, because in a relationship, there's two people, right? There's another perspective that's important, and it's yours. Let me say it this way. The blood of Jesus wasn't just to satisfy the offended, it was also to satisfy the conscience of the offender. Let me say that one more time. The blood of Jesus 
wasn't just to satisfy the offended. It was also to satisfy the conscience of the offender. Okay? There is a work of supernatural grace. If we get the revelation of the blood of Jesus, there is a supernatural work of grace that God wants to do in our hearts that we literally don't walk around with shame, guilt, and condemnation and guilty consciences. Okay? Guilt, shame, and condemnation are not tools that God uses for his children. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're a child of his, he doesn't use guilt, shame, and condemnation. There are other things he uses. Certainly the Holy Spirit convicts us at times, right? Okay? No, he wants that stuff off of you so that you can experience love, value, and acceptance. All right? Even though your heart condemns you, he is greater than your heart. Our heart is the one that needs recalibrated, right? Not him. Okay? We need to accept our acceptance so that we can walk as children of the light, sons and daughters, fully absorbed in his love. It's so good. This is the gospel. This is the real gospel, by the way. All right? We're going to continue to build on what I'm preaching on here, and I'm going to talk about one more perspective that needed to change. All right? I'm going to close with prayer, and I just want to pray that God gives you this revelation personally, that you see yourself as a spotless son or daughter of the Most High God. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the work of grace that your blood wants to provide for us. God, I ask for revelation for your people to understand what Jesus did, not just to appease your, uh, our sin from heaven's vantage point, God, but that we would so be transformed in our hearts that we would know that we're children of God. So, Lord, I thank you for this revelation. I thank you for your people. I bless them today in their homes, and I ask for your spirit to be poured out on them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, listen, there's one more group of people I just want to talk to before we close the service here. That's those of you watching. I've talked to people who have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, people who are walking with God but struggle with guilt from time to time. But listen, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never received his love and his grace, um, I want to pray for you this morning. And uh, wherever you're watching, uh, I want to pray for you. Listen, it's not in good deeds, good merits that makes us right with God. Uh, salvation is a gift. It's a gift that we can never earn. It's a gift that we can never deserve. It's the gift of a restored relationship with our Father. If you want that, if you want to start at the finish line, I'm going to pray for you. Pray this prayer after me. Uh, mean this with all of your heart. It's not in the eloquence of these magical words I'm going to say, but it's the cry of the heart that God sees. And so the best you know how, pray these prayers and pray this prayer and mean it with all of your heart. Um, repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I thank you that you came to this world for me. Today, I place my faith and trust in you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my God. In Jesus' name. And everyone out there said, Amen. Thank you guys for watching. Those of you who prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want to encourage you to um, go to citylights.church and click on the connect card there. Let us know that you made that decision today. 
we want to follow up with you about this relationship that you've begun today um, and celebrate with you. And it's encouraging to us, but we also want to do everything on our side to make sure that you've begun this relationship on the right leg. All right. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for watching today. Uh, we're so honored to be in your homes once again. Love you guys. Have a great week and God bless. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.